0: to five. Pass
1: is intercepted.
0: Says a prayer. A oh, stop it. oh, please! What a catch! That's insane! That's insane. That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is... one more by Tate with Jennings! Simultaneous, who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! Touchdown! No, no, no. Welcome into Simultaneous Catch, folks. I am Adam Jeffrey Rossi. And I'm Josh Lapp. Oh boy, the longest season in NFL history comes to a close next week before the postseason. It's always in a blink of an eye, man. It's always a blink of an eye. They say time flies and you're having fun. <laughs> we certainly... Fun is one of the plethora of words you can use to describe the 2021 NFL season. Welcome into the show, folks. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like every week something comes wildly unexpected happens and the NFL is obviously the most popular sport in the United States for many reasons but this has got to be one of the reasons right the one of the things we'll bring up later in the show when we talk about playoff scenarios I was reading a tweet by I think it was Ian Rappaport, there are over two hundred and fifty two seating scenarios for this weekend. That includes teams that would make it or not make it, which seed they would be, which combination of seedings for matchups. I mean, there is so much to be decided over one weekend and you don't get that in really any other sport.
1: Yeah, I mean that's we talk about it all the time of why every single game is important in the nfl and why there are no down weeks it's not like you can go on a, a stretch like in basketball or baseball where you're in a little bit of a rut and be like yeah well you know like we're gonna be okay obviously that can happen we've seen examples even the miami dolphins pulled out of the one and seven to win seven straight and they were looking like they could but it obviously, it makes it so difficult they lost one game against the titans and then they're just out of it so you I don't want to say that you can't because we do see the the turnarounds happen and whatnot, but it matters because when they were down so far, they had no room for air. So there is no time for, oh, we just had, uh, we had an off game. Like we're going to be okay because it does matter. Every single one of these counts towards there's going to be 17 this, this year, but you know, you only have 17 tries and all of those count towards that, that final take mark to get where you're trying to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like I just said, there's plenty to be decided this weekend. So there'll be even more I'm sure we'll talk about next week. But um, let's jump right into rant, rave, recall. And I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to do my bit. And you you get to decide if it was a rant, a rave or a recall. OK, Ooh. because I'm, I haven't decided where it stands. So if any of you listen to the show or know me, you know, I have not really been a big Ben Roethlisberger fan for the majority of his career. Uh, the last couple of years included because he's been pretty bad. Despite all of <laughs> despite all of that, I could not help myself last night at about 11.30 p.m. from just crying on my couch, watching Ben look up at the stadium, take that last kneel, It'd take a little bit extra time from getting back up with his teammates surrounding him and just the interview afterwards. Just the level of dedication to one thing for the majority of your life, because this is 18, 19 years in the NFL, the majority of your life, it's just incredible to watch somebody, let alone be this successful at it, right? Two-time Super Bowl champion, been to Super Bowl, I think two other times, let alone being that successful, but just committing yourself to one craft for that long is sensational, and it is... It's inspiring, and I couldn't help but but cry last night while I was watching that on the. We are recording on Tuesday, so this was Monday night football against the Browns in a game that you know not only kept them in the playoff contention and heading into this week, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Despite regardless of how wild the scenarios are, but and what is probably going to be Big Ben's last game in Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, and it was just. Like I said, I can't decide if it's a recall because I have never really liked the guy, but it was a really nice moment that I felt very positive emotions about him. Um, but also, I, you know, I'm not r- ranting really because I'm not like angry or anything, but I am raving about him a little bit. So I don't know what category it falls into, but I just wanted to give... Kudos to Big Ben, who finishes in the top 10 in every major passing category. You know, Obviously, who knows how long it'll stand because we're now in the age of the NFL where passing is just what people do. So who knows how long that'll stand. But finishing your career, and I think he's also the top five in a lot of those categories, is wildly impressive. And also, this is also a shout out to Mike Tomlin as well. But to finish your career with never having a losing season while you were the starting quarterback is pretty impressive. Wild, especially in today's NFL. So, just rant, rave, or recall whatever you want to call it to to Big Ben Roethlisberger and in truly incredible career.
1: Yeah, I think it's well deserved. Obviously, we've been tough on him the last year and a half or so, and you for for quite some time. But whatever your opinions of of him are, like you said, all those accolades you just talked about it it's it's very worth mentioning I don't don't even know the the right adjective to say I mean it's, it's it's incredible the things that he's done and to have been on a team for so long one team to to be out there doing that it's just it's really really impressive so of course it is deserved to to have that recall slash rave so all all is good yeah I think that that is a good one Absolutely. Well, uh, you got a rant you for call. I, I do. I have a rant, and I don't even feel super good about. No, that that, that that's not even true. I'm gonna rant about Zach Taylor right now, <laughs> and I, I have I have to preface this. I don't know why you're laughing. You don't even know what I'm gonna say. I, yet. I feel like I do. do.
0: I feel like I do, and I feel like I knew you were gonna bring this up.
1: Oh, interesting, because I don't even have the most recent example of what's bothered okay. me. Have to preface this by saying, fantastic turnaround, right? This is this is a coach I, I was pretty down on. Obviously, the pieces came together at Click this year. They are now the champions of the North for this year. Super fantastic. Joe Burrow's thrown for like 1,000 yards the last two weeks. This guy has put together all the pieces, and had to because when you're talking about all the pieces they have, if they fell on their face, man— you are not good at football. But what I do want to rant about is I think Zach Taylor needs to stop talking. It's just bothering me because it's becoming really Rex Ryan-y. Throughout the year, these are just two examples that I have. He's just come out and said things that I totally I can't stand. A few months ago he said the Bengals are a team that's going to be it's going to be reckoned with. And then he said a few weeks later, I don't think anyone wants to play us, quite frankly. You know, you're just putting a gigantic target on your back when you do garbage like that. Don't invite teams that want to take shots at you because... Quite frankly, Zach Taylor, yeah, like, you've won the North, that's great, and you beat the Chiefs in a really well-coached game, in my opinion, and that's all well and good. But you have earned nothing. You've done nothing. You've won, like, three games prior to this year, so come back off, man. Like, maybe, like, when you get to the Super Bowl, say, like, yeah, like, we're the world champions. But right now, you need to sit down, take your young team, and be like, guys, we're doing something really special right now. Don't give... The Chiefs or the Bills or the Ravens or teams that have been there and done that and earned that a reason to want to take a shot at your mouth because right now he, he's doing it, and I don't think it's a good thing. Well, it's
0: not what I thought you were going to say, so I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> I actually didn't know he said such things, so this is news to me, actually. Um, I thought you were going to mention the game management at the end of the game against the Chiefs,
1: but – well, I didn't. I didn't love it, but I understood it. Okay. It paid All off. Right. It, it. I mean, it, it worked <laughs> during the time. Uh, if you know, but rega- there were much. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. We don't need to get into no, that. No, I'm but just saying. It's just like th- those are the things I I can't stand. And you know, I'm much more of a, a John Harbaugh coach versus a Jim Harbaugh. But to say things like that, you're just you're just welcoming somebody to come in and take a cheap shot at you, and then you're gonna what are you what are you gonna say then?
0: That's true. And there's a I I li- I do like what you pointed out that there that this isn't just a general overview because I mean. Let's be honest. If it, if this was a general rule for everybody, we're both hypocrites because we've all talked about loving how confident and cocky Aaron Rodgers can be. But there's a difference between earning it and having, you know, earned your place to do that, so to speak, you know. Like if you've paid your dues and you've been successful in your career and you have been, you know, this team to be reckoned with, if you will, and a team that nobody wants to play, then yeah, you can say those sorts of things because it's been proven by Consistent data, but it you they are this young team that hasn't accomplished anything before, and there's a difference between saying those sort of things in house to your players and, like you said, giving bulletin board material to other teams that you're about to face in the in the playoffs. In a playoffs, mind you, that I think is really up for grabs for almost any team this year, more than any oh, year that sure. it's been in a while. So, any little edge you give to wrong. another team, I, I
1: really have. I've liked what the Bengals have done. They're they're an exciting team. They are. Like they really doing, are. They're they're loaded everywhere. the The defense has slumped a little bit in the last couple of weeks, in my opinion. But the offense is right there. Like I said, Joe Burrow is throwing for 500 yards a week, and it's super exciting. Jamar Chase can take a eight yard pass and go 70 yards with it. That's super cool and awesome. And obviously, the head coach has to be a part in playing that, right? But at the end of the day, you're still the Bringing up the the Rogers example, and he's had some examples this year, like the I own you, or like team players want to come to Green Bay because of me. Even if Joe Burrow, after he put up 500 yards, was like, yeah, like I balled out. But Joe Burrow sitting there being like, I don't want the gold jacket yet. Like I'm here to do something. And then the head coaches going and saying stuff like that. What's going on? I just, I, it just, it just feels like so many head coaches that ha- have gotten ahead of themselves, gotten fooled of themselves, and then they fall on their face. And they don't stick around because of that.
0: That's a good point. And, you know, you did you did mention this, and I just want to reiterate, too. Zach Taylor has come a long way because at the beginning of the year, a lot of people just were ready to give up and, you know, fire Zach Taylor and move on because you know you don't want to ruin a young quarterback's career but you know they've come a long way they're 10 wins we don't know if uh, Burrow is going to play in week 18 cuz there's not much there's there is an outside scenario in which they could be a one or a two seed but every other team would have to lose for that to happen so it's more likely than not that they would rest Burrow after he did seem to tweak i think it was his ankle at the end of the game in week 17 so we'll see what happens week 18 but they're a 10 win team and they won their division so they're going to be hosting a playoff game so it should be should be really exciting but that's a i that's a not something that i knew about but i'm happy to know about now <laughs> um all right moving on from rant rave recall it's time for some crushing it's
1: crushing it, Crushin it. Yeah. yeah
0: so uh i'm gonna start and you know i wrote i write right. i write i I kind of set up this crush in it before the full game had, had ended. Um, I still think the crushing it is deserved. Um but I'm gonna crush in it to my team and I'm gonna crush in it to my quarterback, Josh Allen. And I started planning to say this before all the interceptions happened. But I still think it's earned. And I know and I know that um passing wise his game looked pretty terrible, although two of the interceptions were tipped into the other players hands and i don't think they were really his fault but that's fine uh two rushing touchdown two (laughs) rushing touchdowns on the day josh allen is alone on a list in nfl history he's the only quarterback in the history of the sport with 100 passing touchdowns and 30 rushing touchdowns in his first four seasons he's the only quarterback to ever do that and i just think that you know it's very easy to Is get wrapped really? up in all these quarterbacks and <laughs> what they do and don't do. And I, like I said, Allen obviously had the three interceptions, but it's his fifth career game with two rushing touchdowns. Um, it was the first time he had two in the same quarter. And he's the first quarterback in NFL history with six plus rushing touchdowns in four consecutive seasons, period, not just in his first four seasons. So, you know. Josh Allen is doing things that have never really been done in the NFL before. And, you know, I try really, really hard, especially on the show. But in now that we've, be, we've become this consistent team, you know, this is our third straight year in the playoffs. Four out of five. Our third straight year with 10 or more wins. You know, we're starting to become that consistent team that's an AFC contender every year. So I've been trying really hard to sort of quell the, my team's awesome and my quarterback's the best you know, arguments because that can become boring and that can become annoying, I know, from first-hand accounts, especially in the AFC East. But I just really need to give a crush it to Josh Allen. And I, I, I've i always liked the kid. I wanted him in the, in the draft. And he's just consistently gotten better and better. And, again, even in a day where he had three interceptions, he has these two rushing touchdowns and a dominant running performance from the team as a whole. Devin Singletary obviously had a great day, too. They each had two rushing touchdowns. I just you, you, you in a, in a year where you know we having our first season where we're going to have an extra week and even Cooper Cup mentioned this that breaking a, a an NFL record in 18th week is going to feel wrong because it's an extra game and I'm sure people felt that way when it went from 14 games to 16 games way back when um but in a year when that's going to happen to break that or to set that kind of record that Allen did before the last game even happens, I think is really cool and why I wanted to give him a crush in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Josh Allen has, um, I think become definitely in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. Absolutely. No doubt about that. I would like to see uh, more of the consistency that we saw last year from Josh Allen where this year, I mean, still absolutely right there in in the top ten category, in my opinion. Uh, could you? I it wouldn't even be hard to debate top five, but I do. I, I am interested to see the growth that we continue on with this young man because he's still so young, even if he is the quote unquote quote unquote old man of the, the in the division <laughs> now. But yeah, I mean, the, the sky is definitely the limit for him. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and you're right. I mean, I'm not. You know, he has 14 interceptions this year, which is, you know, not great. That number needs to come down. Last year he only had nine. So it's gone up a little bit more. But he still has 34 passing touchdowns. was only a couple off from what he had last year. And then again, he has the six or seven rushing touchdowns again this year. So he's still a massive weapon. And uh, it'll be – I'm very, very nervous for the playoffs this year, but I'm very excited to see the matchups and where we can go because I, I believe that we have the team and the quarterback. So – Regardless, that's my crush in it.
1: I like it. I'm going to give my crush in it to a, another former first-rounder who a lot of people had written off, said was trash, shouldn't have been selected, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm giving it to Rashad Penny, the running back, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I believe that was our was that our first year that we ever did our live draft or is it the second year? i think I it, you know if it
0: was the first year that's a lot of fun we'll have to go look at it because i do remember that being like a, oh he was drafted
1: in the first round <laughs> yeah the it, and it was strange, but he has been given the opportunity the last month or so, and he has really delivered. He had a bad game against the Rams right before Christmas, but other than that, dating back to December 12th, he has rushed over 135 yards in all the games. He has five rushing touchdowns in those games. He really turned it on. Maybe you're saying they weren't against the best defenses or whatnot, but to rush for that many yards, punch into the end zone during those games, it's not an easy thing to do in the NFL that's why we don't just see everybody running for 150 yards or 100 yards even touchdowns every single week if we did everyone would know exactly what to do in fantasy football and it'd be a lot easier but unfortunately that's not how it works uh but I think this is a young man that has turned it on. He's been through so much. He's been injury riddled and in a backfield that he's never really just gotten to be like, I'm the guy with Chris Carson going down with his injuries, which has been a bummer this year. This last month, he's really gotten the opportunity and he's shown that he has something and it's been really good to see.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I, I you always love players that for a lot of reasons players that seem to not be doing well to make a comeback but especially for a player that I think he was the only quarter running back drafted that draft class in the first round and
1: nobody and he was definitely not touted as going to be that exactly.
0: guy exactly and so then there was all these expectations and he just has been injured and hasn't been able to do a lot so it's been really cool to see that for sure um hopefully that's something that continues i know you know they have Chris Carson and they have you know a lot of running backs, but that that team's going to be a team in flux in the next year or two. It'll be fascinating to watch that as well, but definitely deserves a crush in it for sure. Rashad Penny, awesome. All right, so, oh yeah, I, have a, I was looking for a stat right here. Uh, yes, so Seahawks running back Rashad Penny, he has 481 rushing yards over the last four weeks, which is 95 more than any other player during that time prior to the season, Rashad Penny had never rushed for 130 yards in a single game. He's done it 3 times in 4 weeks now. So, pretty awesome. Pretty pretty awesome. All right. So, yeah, as I mentioned at the top of the show, not joking, 252 NFL playoff scenarios. <laughs> Absolutely insane. So, I kind of want to go through uh through some of these, not all of them obviously, cuz there's 252. Um but right now, there are two teams on the outside looking in in the NFC. That's the 49ers and the Saints. Oh, wait. Hold on. No, the 49ers are technically in a spot right now. Okay.
1: So on it. Yeah. I mean, they have they have the quote-unquote sixth seed right now, but they're not locked they're in. They're not clinched. Yeah. So teams that,
0: have, teams that have not clinched in the NFC are the Niners and the Saints, and one of them is going to get a spot, right? So that's Correct. the NFC and then in the AFC teams that have not clinched are the Colts, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Steelers and the Ravens and they're all fighting for two spots. So that's five teams for two spots basically in the in the AFC, which is super exciting. Of course, we have the Raiders Chargers matchups on the Sunday Night Football Ender, which is a win-and-in scenario. Although, there is a scenario in which multiple teams lose and if the Chargers and Raiders tied, they would both be in. That's my personal favorite scenario. (laughs) Um, But before we dig into like... End the season on a tie. I know, right? Uh, Before... it, It would be kind of fun, though, if... You know all those scenarios happen, and it's Sunday night, and everybody knows this. If the two coaches are like, "Do you just want to tie? We both make it." Um, but regardless, before we before we delve into like specific things, I mean, what just general overview? What are your? I mean, how do you we feel about this being so tight this year?
1: It's exciting, and we've said it for for weeks. We've had numerous weeks of playoff football essentially because it's impacting so many different things and teams are still vying and whatnot. It's really exciting that right now in the NFL, the only thing that is locked in is the Packers with the number one seed in the NFC. There's still seeding that matters with everybody and even the teams that are have clinched like they they're still playing for things because you know it's it's a lot more important to be the number 2 than it is to be the 4 and you know let's say hypothetically the the one gets knocked out then you become the top advantage guy and so everything matters and it's it's so exciting that we're still having these conversations in week 17 or week 18, excuse me. Yes. That's what the NFL yes. wanted. They wanted to to make all these things important and meaningful down the stretch because, you know, we, we've seen a lot of times that this hasn't been the case and, you know, the teams are playing. They're like, what, what what does this really matter? And, of course, they're playing for their pride and it matters because they're being paid to do so. And it's a game of emotion and that matters. But now things matter for more. I don't want to say more important reasons, but I think you understand what I'm trying to, no, to express No, I absolutely here, understand. That it all plays a role here, and that's it, it's just so exciting.
0: So let's go through some of these specific scenarios. Let's start with the AFC because that's where there's the most sort of uh, uh, congestion, if you will. So there are five teams that have clinched something so far. The Cincinnati Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Tennessee Titans have all clinched their divisions. That's the Northwest and South the Bills and the Patriots have both clinched a playoff berth. Now, this is where things get crazy. Let's go through the couple of teams that are fighting for the last two of the seven spots. So first, the Baltimore Ravens are 8-8. Eight eight. They play the now 8-7-1 and one Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday at 1 o'clock. Baltimore clinches the berth with a win, and then a Chargers, a Colts, And a Miami loss, which I don't understand the Miami thing. If Miami's mathematically out of it, it must be a record against common opponents tiebreaker. I don't know. Um, But so Baltimore sits at 8-8. They need to win, and they need the Chargers, the Colts, and the Dolphins to lose. The Colts just need to win to get in. There's a couple other scenarios, but that's the simplest path for them. They just need to win. The Raiders just need to win. The Chargers just need to win, right? So those are the two the two ones right there. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers need to win and they need Indy to lose and then they need Vegas and the Chargers to not end in a tie. That's a very who, that's a very interesting scenario. It's actually a lot more realistic than I thought, although Indy losing against Jacksonville is kind of crazy and a lot of these scenarios depend on that. Um but those,
1: hey, they've struggled in Jackson. Yeah, the last that's years. fair.
0: Um, I believe those are the all of the ones that are on the outside looking in terms of the yeah in terms of the AFC. So I mean, who do we gun to your head? Who do we think ends up being the last two seeds? Probably the Colts, right? Because they're going to beat the Jags. we would assume, right? Um,
1: yeah, I think I would still take take the the Colts to be in there, which is awesome. It's a team that going back two months ago. Maybe even before the Halloween episode, I'm pretty sure we we slashed them. I finally turned my back on them. It's great to see that they had a turnaround, which totally goes against what I said earlier on in the episode, but I don't even care because (laughs) it was a team that I picked early on. They've obviously stubbed their toe a couple of times, including just last Sunday when they could have already clinched a spot, but I like the Colts to be there. I like the Colts as a whole. I think they can do some damage. Definitely... And you know, I think it comes down to the the final game of the season for me, which is why they put it as the final game of the season, the Chargers Raiders game. It's gonna be really darn exciting, right? So to me because I think it's gonna come down to that one. Yeah, in
0: this scenario, if we both agree the Colts win, then that just boxes out the Steelers and the and the Ravens. Neither of them can get in if the Colts win. So then it does come down to Vegas versus um Los Angeles for that final spot. So it just depends on who we think wins for that. So while there are a lot of scenarios um in reality there really only are two games that matter for the AFC in terms of that. Now, in terms of like seating, almost every division winner is going to have a shot at this number 1 seed. <laughs> um, now, if Kansas City wins and Tennessee loses then Kansas City is the number 1 seed. If Tennessee wins, they lock up the number 1 seed no matter what cuz they have a tiebreaker over both or they have the tiebreaker over Kansas City and then they would have one game up on every other AFC opponent. Um so those are looking like the two most likely ones. Um I believe that the Patriots can win the number 1 seed if they win and Buffalo, KC and Tennessee all lose. Um, not crazy, but could happen. And I, let me double check this last scenario. Yeah, it's not crazy. Yes. And those are the, and in theory, the Bengals could also be the number one seed if that same scenario happens, but New England would lose as well. So that being said, um, like I said, there's a lot of scenarios, guys. Um, that being said, we don't think the AFC is going to be as, um, complicated as, it might look on paper because, like I said, the Jaguars probably aren't going to win. But turning over to the NFC, where there are six of the seven slots locked in. The Packers, like you said, clinched the number one seed. So they're the only team that has that uh, a specific seed clinched right now. And it's Green Bay. Congratulations, Green Bay. Uh, Dallas has con- clinched the NFC East. Tampa Bay has clinched the NFC South. And then you have the Cardinals, Rams, and Eagles. They're all going to the playoffs. Shout out Philly. Um, but now you have LA. you have these other teams, San Francisco and New Orleans are the other two teams that are fighting for a spot. If New Orleans wins and San Francisco loses, New Orleans is in. If San Francisco wins, San Francisco's in. Now if New Orleans loses, then San Fran's just in, right? Because uh, we said they're in that one, they're in the seed right now, the sixth seed, I believe. Um, Correct. The other thing up for grabs is the NFC West division title. And it is between the Cardinals and the Rams. If the Rams win, they get it. Um, And if the Cardinals win and the Rams lose, they get it. Um, So I think we probably... This is interesting because the Rams have something to play for and they're playing against the 49ers. And the Rams are favored because it is in Los Angeles, which means that this New Orleans team is very much in play for a playoff spot.
1: Oh, absolutely. If you ask me... This, this is why it's so fascinating, because while you think that the Rams are probably better than the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan has really dominated Sean McVay in their head-to-head matchups. doesn't even matter. Go back earlier this year, and the Rams were Super Bowl favorites, and the 49ers ran all over them. I believe it was on a primetime game, correct? Yes, yeah, you're sure correct. So to, to, to say that the you know the Rams are, are loaded and whatnot, it doesn't matter. Throw, that, throw all of that out the window, because history has shown that it, it doesn't even matter that— Kyle Shanahan knows how to play McVay. But like you said, the Rams have so much to play for in terms of, of seeding and whatnot. I do think that Saints' path is a little bit easier. But what I love more than anything in this is that both of those games are 430 games. So it's not like anyone's going to be like scoreboard yeah, watching the, or whatnot. The, <laughs> they just have to go out and play football. The
0: NFL and that's cool. was so smart with how they did this year. And this year is a little bit different than years past. Um, because in years past, it was really every game could be flexed. Um, but this year, for the first year ever, not a single game had a time slot. And they did the two games on Saturday, which I, if you listened earlier in the year, I mentioned that ESPN was going to have like a doubleheader. I thought it was on a Monday night. It, they're still having the doubleheader. It's just on Saturday. But for the first time ever, they had two games with big playoff implications on Saturday. That, and then they flexed the Sunday night one and they placed every game on Sunday at 1 and 430 specifically for this reason. So I love that you pointed that out. It's just the NFL is the, the big power in American sports and it continues to prove why. I mean, not only is it just exciting and, and, and engaging, but they are so smart about how they set things up to create the most drama. So you're right. A lot of these teams can't relax. And there's another reason why the Patriots game and the Bills game is both at the same time, because that's the AFC East title, right? The Buffalo can't be like, oh, New England lost. We're going to rest Josh Allen, right? It's They're both at the same time. So you have to see if it matters or not. Um, and that's happening across the board. So I, d- I do love that you pointed out. Um, I kind of don't, I, like, I I mean, I I guess this is kind of us picking games, but if we had to guess who ends up being these last couple of teams in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, so as far as the AFC, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm picking the Colts. I, they have done poorly in Jacksonville the last handful of years, but I think they're going to get it done. I think Jonathan Taylor tries to go out and desperately put his stamp on, on the MVP race. That I don't. I, I've backed off. I don't think he's going. I don't want to say I backed off. I still think he's very, very, very deserving. it. Is this of it. just because they lost when
0: he had a hundred-yard game last week? Is that why you're saying that?
1: No, I just don't. I think what Rodgers and Brady have done have made it too hard to justify. I just to, not to justify. I
0: just want to point this out because I'm not like enti- I, I'm not about to argue with you about this because we both know better and we both know it's,
1: oh, it. Oh, it sounds like we it. both
0: know it's going to go to a quarterback, so it's fine. But. So the NFL's leading rusher is Jonathan Taylor with 1734 yards. do you know who the second rusher is? Derrick Henry uh no no it's actually Jonathan Taylor just yards after contact with 1213 Jonathan Taylor has more yards after contact than any other rusher in the NFL has period. So that's pretty darn. it cool. just like we talk about it having to be like crazy numbers for a non-quarterback to win, and I just think it's like obviously he's not at two thousand like Derrick Henry did, and Derrick Henry didn't win it, which you know we can debate about that for forever. But I just think it's so unfair, and I will not, you know, I know that I say it all the time. I'm not going to stop saying it until something's done about it, because obviously we know people listen to us, so we we matter. We make an impact. <laughs> 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 and also cooper cup deserves to be in the conversation too you know what's probably going to happen think... they're going to be there's going to be is it normally three finalists if it's three finalists it's going to be one of the two of them cup or taylor and then probably brady and Ro- brady and rogers and they're going to make it seem like the non-quarterback has a chance but we know it's just going to go to rogers <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, honestly, at this point, though, and I have been anti-Rams pretty much all year, I think I'd rather go with Cup over Taylor right now because I think without – I mean, if you say without Taylor, I don't think the Colts are doing much. But Cooper Cup has pretty much made all of the warts in LA like be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Well,
0: yeah, in the last couple of weeks, Matt Stafford's been pretty bad. And Cooper Cup is still great, right? I mean, he continues – to be great, so we'll see what happens. I, you, like I said, it-
1: that we're not we're getting off topic. You <laughs> asked me who I think is gonna win. I think it's gonna be the Colts. I think that they're in, and you know, I'm really torn. I said I think comes down to the final game of the year. I'm really torn because there's like reasons I like both teams. I like the Raiders mostly just to have like a nice honor of of John Madden, and that'd be cool. Which we rest in peace, John Madden. Thanks for everything that you did for the game of football, by the way. But I think the Chargers. You know, wouldn't it be fun if both LA teams are there? Like, we're going to try to have our LA Bowl in LA. That's kind of fun. I don't think that'll happen, but I think fun. LA's a better team, so I'm rooting for them. I'd probably say LA.
0: Yeah, I probably would too. Um, I think that's, you know, most likely what it'll end up being. But, you know, in the NFC, the thing that I cannot unravel is whether or not San Francisco is going to win. I mean, that's really obviously what it all hinges upon, and uh sure. I cannot decide at all what I think that'll be. I mean, well, come do you, on.
1: Have you don't think, you think your you don't think your Atlanta Falcons are gonna put the stamp down on Sha- Sean Payton and, no. the, and the Saints and be like, you don't get to go anyways. No, I
0: don't I don't think that at all. Although I did like I did like uh I I'm gonna paraphrase a little bit. They did ask um Arthur Smith about this and he did mention he was like that somebody said, do you think it's going to be hard to like motivate your players to play if it doesn't matter? And he was like, if it were hard to motivate any of these players, they wouldn't be on this team. And I kind of really liked that. Um, so, we'll see what happens. But I do think the Saints probably win that game. And that puts the pressure on the Niners to win a game where the Rams really need it. So, And I believe the Cardinals play the Seahawks. And Although Russell Wilson was pretty awesome last week. We'll see what happens. I don't know. It's, it'll be fascinating. I'm very excited for this weekend. Um... That being said, do we have any? Do we have anything else we want to chat about in terms of the playoff picture? Obviously, we're going to have a lot to talk about when it all gets said and done and settled for next weekend. But I want to make sure we, we cover all that before we move on.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think we did cover it. We talked about the paths for the three three correct three remaining yes seeds uh, from from both conferences. We talked about how to get there, how it how it's done. We kind of eliminated, in my opinion, who we don't think has a super credible shot because, you know, we're not uh dumb and dumber like you're saying we have a chance. Or, yeah, I mean like you do, but like the whole like you can't end in a tie thing. Get out of here. Like that it's just yeah, okay. So yeah. No, like, it all hinges it know, all hinges
0: on that Colts game. If the Colts lose, then the doors are open for Baltimore and Pittsburgh and it could get wild.
1: But the Jags, you know, you know, I don't think they're going to recapture the, the Minshew magic from week one and, and knock off the Colts there. In the it could be fun, so. but yeah, I don't see it happening. So
0: uh, let's get to some cold reads before we move on to our final Pals picks for the regular season. Uh, so I have my first cold read is this. It starts with, in the preseason, the the Cincinnati Bengals were 25-1 to 1 preseason odds to win the division. And over the last 10 seasons, the only eventual division champion – that had longer preseason odds were the 2015 Washington uh, football team. Obviously, they went to the football team back then, but they were 35-1. to I believe that was RG3's rookie season, if I'm not mistaken, um, where they won the division that year. But regardless, the Bengals were a long shot this year. This is a way too early prediction. I know this, but is there a team that you look at judging how the season has ended and, and, you know, kind of trying to project a little bit out of the next year that you think could be one of these long odd division champs next season?
1: Hmm, I don't know. To say that it's going to be, like, that long given an odd? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's tough. Uh, because I would say it, it, it's not even the question of, like, the – worst to first sort of thing because right yes a lot of teams just weren't people i should say weren't confident in, in this Bengals team where i say like worst to first could be seattle next that's year that's true that's I mean, true I guess, depending on what I happens guess you could you could say maybe jacksonville like maybe trevor lawrence does take that year two leap and it, it's really good and they get doug peterson or jim caldwell or whoever they're talking about hiring right now to, to be a head coach and really come in and solidify and have some great leadership there. It, it, it's possible, so I, I would say Jacksonville. That's probably. I mean, obviously they're one of the worst teams right now. So it's Doug not Peterson's that hard to be like, which team's really bad? But I, I actually think they have a core there to maybe do that.
0: I haven't heard Doug Peterson's name actually. I forgot about Doug Peterson, <laughs> uh, but that would be an interesting duo with with Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, a lot of their future depends and hinges on finding somebody who can connect with. Th- Trevor Lawrence and and unlock him a little bit Um, so that's very that's very interesting all right so my second cold read is based off of this whole NFL records thing now uh, TJ Watt actually you know what I'll I'll explain this to you in a tweet from JJ Watt last night JJ Watt tweeted last night welcome to the 20 plus sack club TJ Watt only one person ever has done it twice imagine if it was your older brother and he bragged about it that would suck (laughs) go break the record kid so uh T.J. Watt who I believe had three sacks on Monday Night Football now has a chance to break this decently not like super long-standing but pretty long-standing sack record once held by the great Michael Strahan of the New York Giants and I kind of want to pose this to you because one do we think that this will happen for J.J. Watt and two piggybacking off of my prior point about Cooper Cup saying it kind of loses its luster is it really really gonna matter in the long run of NFL history that players start to break these records and we will look back and think well they added an extra game
1: um I will say I don't think TJ Watt will do it not to take anything away from TJ Watt, TJ Watt has definitely established himself as one of the best rushers in the NFL. Deserved the contract that he got earlier this year, in my opinion, and is, in my opinion, the, d- the defensive player of the year. Yeah, probably. But we've we've seen this so many times, where like a guy needs like a half a sack to break the record, and you're like rooting for it. You're like, come on! And then they like they can't do it. I'm pretty sure Jim Harbaugh. And the the team, both of these teams, still have something to play for, correct? They do, yes. They can both something technically, I, Either of them an, can still it, make it. it. It's, an, it's in air quotes for me because, you know, the Colts again, have to I, lose. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jim Harbaugh will be like, we're going to send every single guy we have in TJ Watt's direction. We'll have Huntley, Lamar, doesn't matter, whoever's playing. We're going to have him run the opposite way of TJ Watt because he doesn't want his team to be the team that that record gets broken on. So I don't think it's going to happen. It would be fun if it did though, but I do agree with Cooper cup about the whole like asterisks on, on the record thing. It does take a little bit of the luster away, but it, it also doesn't because it's, it's setting something that hasn't been done before. And that's impressive in, in and of its own feet, but I don't know if it really matters in the context of NFL history. You know, I think, You know, there are the shows where people talk about the, I don't know, they have like top 10 lists and everything, and they say, and just, I don't even know an example, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head, but I can't, but they're always like, so if you're talking about top 10 quarterbacks or whatever, and they get to Dan Marino and they're six, he's like, he was one of the best quarterbacks, but he didn't win the Super Bowl, so he's not considered, there will always be those but, and things that go into this and in this conversation it'll be you know last night Najee Harris broke Franco Harris's rookie rushing yard record for for the Pittsburgh Steelers and they're saying but Franco Harris did it in 14 games so like it even makes it shine more on the old player more so than the new player doesn't take anything away from Najee Harris doing that it's impressive it's cool great but it's not going to take any luster or shine off the guys that did it in 16 games and 14 games that did it in the past, in my opinion. Josh
0: Lapping with the greatest take of simultaneous catch history. There will always be butts. Thank you very much. <laughs> I like them big. <laughs> uh, yes, no, it's a great point because even today, I will say this twofold. In the long run, no, I don't think it matters because the seasons might even get even longer. There's talk about that. And the. You know, if that happens, then they'll look back on these days and say, oh, wow, they did that only in 18 games or 17 games, right? Whatever it ends up being. So, you know, in the long run, I don't think it'll really matter. But even today, this far removed from the 14 game season, which is a long time, they still point that out. So, yes, I do think it'll always be mentioned. I do think that eventually the stats to like look at more often than not are going to be these the only this is the longest the most amount of this stat and this stretch of time right we're already getting to that more and more where you know in the first number of this seasons or in in a four-game stretch this is the most yardage you know what I mean things like that or or the most since this year I think that that will become a more reputable stat because it'll be easier to track you know what I mean because they'll say in a 14-game stretch or in a 16-game stretch um, but you're right this first year it's of course going to think that way because you have one extra game than last year i think what'll really matter as well is there are a lot of stats that say including playoffs and if that's the case then it really won't matter in terms of like career numbers you know because people were already playing more than 16 17 games a season regularly anyway if anything it gives a lot of players who have played on bad teams a better chance to like hit better career records because they'll have more games compared to some of the other players. But regardless, I don't think it really matters because in the end people care more about winning than anything over else. So who cares? Right.
1: <laughs> I think it just shines more light on the people that have done it in the past. Yes, and I know that's are talking good point. about Franco Harris and whatnot, but I uh, talk about Kyle Pitts and he became the second tight end. Since Mike Dickup. Pe- yeah. And, his record is, like, 1,200 or, or something, and, like, again, again, it was done in 14 games. and It's just like, wow, how cool, how dominant is that? Like, that's really In an era awesome. where they never
0: really threw the football, especially to the tight end. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Like, not taking anything away from Kyle Pitts, but it's just, like, you see that. And even if Kyle Pitts breaks it, like, that's cool and great. Yeah. Congratulations, Kyle Pitts. But, like... What what was that? What were people watching back then? How cool, you know?
0: It's a good point. It's a good point. Oh, those are my cold reads.
1: All right, wonderful. So it was announced today that the Washington football team is getting ready to announce its new name. Yeah. It will be on February 2nd, 2-2 of 22 I believe some of these names on this list have been eliminated already. I, I I can't find the ones that are like, here are the final couple. I
0: see one. I, 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 like, I don't know if it says finalists anywhere, but I, I did look it up to see if I could find them. I don't really see any, though.
1: Okay, so I have a list from a, a couple. When was this article? This was uh written earlier this fall. Okay. So these names were being considered... And they're still there. I'm gonna read them to you right now and say which one you think is going to be officially announced on the second. Okay. And I want you to also say versus which one do you think it really will be? Which one do you want? It what?
0: To be? Uh, how many names is it?
1: Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. So
0: the article that I'm reading that came out today lists eight names. So I'm assuming that these are then eight names. But go ahead and read them to me just to know, I make sure that they're the correct uh- ones.
1: Okay, this is the Red Hogs, the Defenders, the Armada, the Presidents, the Brigade, Commanders, Red Wolves, which I've seen an article saying that one was out. Okay. And then Washington Football Team.
0: So, yeah, those are the eight names that I have on here, too. Some of these are really cool. (laughs) Um,.
1: I've, I've already read that Red Wolves is out because they were having trouble with copyright laws okay. since there are some other sports teams. So that's probably out. Okay.
0: So I will say this. I, I like most of them. My least favorite is the Presidents. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 sorry, America. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I think my f- – It
1: is kind of a lame football
0: team. I thing. think my favorite one is the Armada. I think Washington Armada is a really cool name. Uh, I don't know if it will be that – I think it might end up being – I'm sorry to say this. It might end up being the Washington football team because it's that been way that way for two years now. I, I just can't decide if it's better for branding to keep it that way or to rebrand and come out with this whole new one. Um. So if we're taking that off the table too, I'm going to guess, and I'm going to throw out a wild guess and say the Defenders. So – my favorite one's the Armada, but if I had to put money down on one of them, I'm gonna say Defenders.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Oh yeah, it does say favorite... it does say right here Red Wolves are out. And it, uh, oh, wait, hold on. It does say in this article Red Wolves are out, and Washington football team doesn't appear to be returning. So that leaves the other six. So yeah, one
1: of my favorite ones from. A long time ago, when people were pitching names, I really liked the Washington Fighter Pilots. Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> that didn't It is kind of list. exciting,
0: though, to get a new named team. I, like I said, I'm still waiting for that expansion
1: draft. I'm waiting for the London Knights. Yeah! <laughs> Anyways, so there we go. So Adam thinks it's going to be the Defenders, everybody. Well, we will find out in a little over a month. My second and last cold read is... Even prior to last night's game, the Cleveland Browns were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. They lost last night. Did not really look that good for most intents and purposes. Baker Mayfield has been shut down. He will not play next week. He is scheduled to get surgery on all of his ailments that he's been dealing with all year long. A long time ago, when all of this first started happening, we didn't talk about it on air, we talked about it off air and talking about whether or not he should have been shut down and, and had those surgeries to get that repaired earlier on because was Baker Mayfield out there at 50% better than X, Y, or Z? I thought he should have done that earlier. Do you feel like that was a good decision, that would have been a good decision, or was it the right decision to have him roll out there and play... Because they talked about it a ton last night, the the accuracy issues and thinking the the shoulder ailment and the the brace on his body and everything was restricting him. I don't know. I feel like it might have been better for the Cleveland Browns to to roll out a healthy Case Keenum during all of that. What do you think? Yeah,
0: it's hard because, I mean, it's obvious that – To what degree it did affect him is sort of irrelevant in this debate. It obviously affected him that he's been injured, right? I mean, I don't think anybody could seriously convince you that he would have played that poorly without the injury regardless because there's so much there's
1: oh no i i i still have reservations about big right. mayfield but we saw some really great growth last year yeah. and there was definite regression this year that i don't think is natural i think it was due right. to the injury. so
0: you know we'll see what happens but yeah i really think they probably should have shut him down earlier and obviously hindsight is 2020 but especially seeing about how hard it was from in the last handful of weeks the last month really plus to really move the ball down the field and have the accuracy and at all three levels of the of, of the field as well, not just you know deep throws, but you can see him like throw screen passes sometimes, and you can feel him almost wince a little bit. It's just it's hard to watch, and as somebody who has really liked Baker Mayfield, and you know we talked about him as a dark horse MVP candidate this year, so we were obviously believing that he was going to continue to grow. It's just hard to watch, and you know he has one more year on his contract and his rookie contract. I assume that that gets picked up and that they play one more year with Baker Mayfield more likely than not. I believe they probably bring in a more high quality backup and sort of have him push Baker a little bit. But that being said, yeah, honestly, I really think they probably should have shut him down earlier in the year. I think that the difference between an injured Baker Mayfield and a healthy Case Keenum is probably not that different. I don't know how you feel about that, but I've always kind of felt that. You know, and you respect somebody who tries to go out there and, and push through an injury like that and try to be there for his team but in the end when you're obviously being a detriment to your team because you aren't physically able to do it I think you have to take a look at your mirror and look at yourself in the mirror a little bit and say you know what if I'm truly doing what's best for the team sometimes I also have to realize that removing myself can be what's best
1: yeah for sure it's tough
0: all right any other cold reads
1: that was my second and final
0: well, one. Well, then, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for... Pals Pits. Oh, yeah. So, I've been wondering this whole episode, because we actually didn't send games to each other, if the text I received over the weekend was truly a resignation, or if we just forgot to send games to each other.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's a resignation. It's just I can't <laughs> catch up. You, you've you won. You've Wait,
0: is it mathematically impossible?
1: Yeah, with three games, I'm down by four. I needed... Yeah, you you were up by one. Uh, you had a clean sweep, so you were... This week doesn't matter. I mean, we can still do well, it. Well, folks, dang, you, you already give them the
0: rundown real quick, just that they know the exact numbers.
1: Yeah, everybody here, let me pull it up. So last week, Adam got to see me in person for a hot second over, over the holidays and whatnot. We gave each other games including two weeks ago which we did pretty well during those ones we both went two and one Yeah, that was nice and then we came in we came into this weekend and i was down by a game i picked uh pretty pretty poorly and you picked really darn well so we gave the i gave you the broncos at the chargers <laughs> not knowing teddy wasn't out i gave you the cardinals of the cowboys because i was really excited about that one it was a good game you called it correct pick the cardinals and then Gave you Vikings to the Packers before Kirk Cousins was ruled out, so you know I went in. (laughs) Yeah, that's tough. Guns loaded with the last ones, and I got I got got the short end of the stick, but that's okay. And you gave me the Dolphins at the Titans, the Raiders at the Colts, and the Browns at the Steelers, and I picked all of those incorrectly. Yikes! (laughs) Although when I was there, were there was just there are so many things. Thinking back now, that I, I just. The Browns at the Steelers. Why? Why was Kevin Stefanski being like, you know what, Baker, you're hurt. Let's go throw the football a bunch. Yeah. Give it to Nick Chubb. You've seen the Steelers just—they really weren't stopping the run against anybody. (laughs) Pull a Patriots against the Bills and run every single time, Kevin. What are you doing? (laughs) Raiders at the Colts. You know, COVID. Yeah. COVID hit because that the, the the first quarter for Carson Wentz was so. Not even the first quarter, pretty much the first half, other than the final drive. Carson Wentz couldn't do anything. Ugh. And the Dolphins and the Titans, that was just disappointing. Yeah, what a horrible
0: game. I felt so bad. I was so excited for them, and it just was it was bad. So that they'll be an interesting offseason team as well. I know that they do need some help on their offensive line for sure. Um, but –
1: yeah. And they, they have a lot of cap money to to do yeah. that and whatnot, but we will talk about that in the office. For
0: sure, for sure. Uh yeah, I mean we can do a couple games if you'd like, but uh, I feel a little bit bad. But yeah, this is the one thing that I do does. take pride in, so it feels it feels cool. Be four time pal's pick champ.
1: Yeah, no no need to feel bad at all. Like I said, I, I text you Sunday before the I did say it early cuz I forgot that I had the Brown Sealers game, but I told you I was like I will gladly give away this because if when you when you picked these games, I said, "Oh, the Packers are locking up the number right, 1 seed." Right. Right, yeah, yeah, you did. So I, I was like I will gladly trade away Pals for picks the number 1 seed. <laughs> to do that absolutely. And it so. happened.
0: So <laughs> I was, "Hey, I was very happy for the for the Packers. It'll be well, again, we'll talk about that next week when we delve into the playoffs and, and break down all the, all the matchups and things like that, and we'll talk about Super Bowl picks and stuff. But I'm very excited for the Packers. So. Uh,
1: all right. I've lost. So I'm going to give you the games first. All right. Go ahead. All right. I am going to give you the uh, – this is hard without having looked at this already – so I we've already tipped our caps so many different ways.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's why I wondered earlier,
1: but I thought <laughs> um I will give you the Panthers at the Bucks. All right.
0: So Panthers at the Bucks. This one is interesting because I don't know the the Bucks obviously the number 1 seed's locked up. So the Bucks really care about the 2 seed over the three seed but then again Tom Brady and and has always been a I want to play guy and I think Bruce Arians is a I like to play my guys guys so I'm gonna go with the Bucks here and I think they probably will win and finish the season strong heading into the postseason
1: the Bucs are a little bit of a scary team though obviously with the injuries that we had seen earlier on this year against the Saints Antonio Brown leaving the field this is a team that they were struggling against the Jets
0: yeah, I'm not really high on the Bucks heading into this postseason. Again, we'll talk about that more in depth when we head into matchups next week because they will be playing next week. I'm. I, it's not because I have my aversions to Tom Brady. I really don't feel high about this Bucks team heading into this postseason because they've just lost weapon after weapon, and I think it's a big deal that they're not going to have Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin. I think that's huge that they're not going to have Leonard Fournette. I I think all these things matter. So. Yeah, but I think that they probably win this game because I don't believe in. I think I've finally given up on Sam Darnold.
1: <laughs> he just got back. You already gave up. Yeah. On. All right, going to give you a game that very well could be a repeat game in the Wild Card Weekend, depending on how things fall out. The Cowboys traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles.
0: I'd be a little bit upset if this was a a playoff matchup because. It doesn't really feel like either of these teams have much to play for uh, this weekend. I think I'm going to, if everybody plays, which I'm assuming everybody does, I think I'll pick the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys kind of want to go in on a hot streak, and they don't love that they just dropped one last week. So I think that they probably want to win this game, and that doesn't bode well. If it is the matchup the following week, because we've seen many times the team that beats up on the other team in the regular season typically doesn't make it another time in the postseason so that would be interesting uh but I think that these teams match up in an interesting way Jalen Hurts has been playing really well mind you against not so great competition but I feel like the Cowboys get this done because they definitely need to bounce back after the Cardinals loss
1: there we go and last but not least a game bless you that we are saying matters the Steelers at the Ravens I don't
0: know if is, is
1: Lamar Jackson gonna play in this game I don't know if there's any word towards Lamar Jackson. He started practicing last week. I did see some video of him practicing, and in my opinion, he doesn't look good. I feel like (laughs) – I think they need to shut him down. I get that they're still playing for something. John Harbaugh did say earlier today he has a chance to play this week, but I – I don't know. It's risky, especially for somebody that is so dependent on their legs to make big things happen. Do you really want to risk something? Do you want to have an RG3 situation? Who's to say that's not my business, that's John Harbaugh on the staffs, but it'd be real risky in my opinion to play him.
0: Yeah, probably. That's a good point. And that, honestly, Tyler Huntley's looked good, but I like the Steelers in this one. I've Obviously, the Steelers and Mike Tomlin have locked up their non- losing season another year in a row I think that's 15 or 16 in a row uh, the whole career of Mike Tomlin they have not had a losing record even in the Duck Hodges days um, so I think they'd probably get this done if if Lamar was playing and he was healthy and there weren't were a lot of concerns about it I think I would pick the Ravens uh, but I just think as much as I do like Huntley I think he's a, a good quarterback and I would like to see him get a chance somewhere actually I think he does have that kind of talent um, I just think the Steelers are a better team overall, especially with the run game. And you can actually run it on the Ravens. Uh, I know a lot of people may not think that, but if you look at the advanced numbers, you can run it on the Ravens. And Najee Harris has been pretty great. And uh, that Steelers quick game, passing game is still is still there. So I think I'd pick the Steelers in this one.
1: There you go. Took the Bucks over the Panthers, the Cowboys over the Eagles, and the Steelers over the Ravens. All right, let's
0: give you what I think is the worst game this this weekend. Let's do the Ooh. New York Giants hosting the Washington soon to be Armada.
1: <laughs> I think Giants. This, this
0: game should be played, right? I don't want. I don't. I have. I love. You know me. I love football. And in in April or May, I'm going to be begging to have watched this game. But why does this game have to be watched? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it mostly comes down to because. And you don't have your starting quarterbacks And right now the Giants Don't even have in my opinion Somebody that Could be playing quarterback It's been real disappointing for me To see Jake Frum struggle so much because I really liked Jake Frum coming out of Georgia And I was like yeah but then He has not looked like he's ready I would love to be like he's going to be one of those Guys that's going to grow into it and be like oh remember When he was so bad yeah, that's- but for now Right now did the, did the Giants have a quarterback that completed a pass in like the first 30 minutes last week? I don't even know. I'm going to take the Washington football team. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't think they did. Um, do you think the Packers will rest their starters?
1: Um, I don't think they will rest them all, the entire game, no. All
0: right. Well, then I don't want to
1: – I think they'll play at least a quarter. I think
0: you guys will probably beat the Lions then. So let's do – I was going to say Colts, Jaguars. That's fun. Uh, no, let's go to the Patriots and the Dolphins. The Dolphins obviously don't really have anything to play for. And the Pats you know, need the Jets to upset the Bills, which isn't impossible. But the Pats do need to win if they want to end up winning the division. How about the Dolphins hosting the Patriots?
1: Um, Unconventional here. There's a lot – a really large part of me that's leaning Pats just because I feel like the Pats are a better team right now. But – Historically, Miami, especially when they're in Miami, gives New England fits. Think about two years ago. This was in New England, but Ryan Fitzpatrick went in and kept Brady from having the number one seed. They just know how to play him really, really well in that last game of the season. This one's in Miami. I know they're not playing for anything, but I'm gonna. T- I, it, it ruined everything last week, but I'm going to take Miami one more time.
0: <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, and last but not least, this is mostly because I want you to talk a little bit more in depth about it. We mentioned it in our playoff picture. The 49ers traveling to L.A. for the Rams. I just really kind of want to hear your thoughts about this um, just because I know how you feel about the Rams and I know you really like Mike Shanahan and we don't know if it's Garoppolo or Lance and just all, all the stuff that are involved with this. I'm just really intrigued on your thoughts.
1: Yeah, the California Bowl. The 49ers at the Rams. I just think it's really hard because, like I said, Shanahan really does have McVay's number, right? But at the end of the day, I think the Rams are playing for too much. I think Stafford has to get it together to go into this with some sort of confidence. And I will say, if Stafford plays the way he's played the last two weeks against the 49ers, obviously they're locked in. But no, no team. It doesn't even. I don't even care. I would say the Eagles and that's disparaging the Eagles, which I feel bad about their playoff team as well, but no team's going to be afraid to play them because they're going to think we can, we can do this. We can rattle this guy. This guy's never been here. I mean, he's, he's, he's been there technically, but he's never done it and he's not looking like he can do it. We can beat this team, right? I think they need to get in a rhythm. They need to have, have some confidence going in to do this. I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to, bet with Sean McBay. I don't like doing it. I'm rooting for the 49ers because I root against the Rams every week because <laughs> sc- screw them. But, yeah, I don't know. I just think the Rams... The 49ers technically have more to play for, but I think the Rams really have more to play for because they're playing with the we're all in, we're going to the Super Bowl, and I think if they struggle, even if they win, if they don't do it prettily... prettily, what a good word. A lovely word. If they just... They don't get something going on. I don't think they're going to believe that they can do it. I think that is, is important.
0: All right. I'm
1: going to take the Rams.
0: So that leaves the New Orleans Saints with the spot on the line for their taking. You took the yeah. the Rams at home over the 49ers. Locking in their spot is the, I believe, the number two seed. And you took one more for the road with the Miami Dolphins heading into the offseason on a high note. And you took the newly formed Washington Admirals armada whatever it's called <laughs> the president against the the defenders uh against the new york garbage giants that was pal's picks folks thanks for another fun pal's picks here man
1: <laughs> yeah congratulations my friend you know just can't can't <laughs> knock you off
0: We'll uh' we'll, for those of you listening, we'll still have Pals picks during the postseason. It just won't count towards obviously the the season long records, but we'll still go through and and pick the playoff games together and and go through all those because we like to discuss every matchup. Well, my friend, that being said, uh I think it's time for uh for a week 18 friend's fortune. All right, you got one?
1: Sure. go ahead. All right, everybody, I'm going to go in three. All right, guys, I'm not really going to do a friend's fortune. I'm just going to do this to be an a-hole and get under Adam's skin when he hears this. I'm going to say that a playoff seeding game will be decided in week 18. All right, bud, to all you.
0: All righty, here we go. I'm going to go in three, two, one, go. All right, folks, we've talked a lot about There being a lot of records on the line and they're losing their luster. Obviously, a couple of them. We mentioned the Cooper Cup receiving yards. We mentioned the TJ Watt sack. And there's a a lot of different records on the line here. But my friend's Fortune Bowl prediction is not a single one of these single season records will be broken this week. All right, I'm back. Whoa. Yeah. Fast like lightning. All right. Any tidbits that we want to
1: leave the folks with, my friend? I do not have a tidbit this week.
0: Okay, I have two tidbits, and one of them is a little bit more tid than bit. So the first one is just wanted to give another shout out to the Green Bay Packers. They now become the first team in NFL history to win 13 games in three straight seasons. I did not know this. This is pretty impressive. I, 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 what kind of was shocking to me. Is that shocking to you?
1: That they're the first team to have won. Yeah, I, uh,. No.
0: Okay. So I did – at first it was definitely shocking to at least 13 – because I was like the Patriots had domination over all these years, but the Patriots were winning their division with 11 wins and 10 wins sometimes because it was the AFC East. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when,
1: when your competition's winning like right. four games <laughs> right. and six games. So you know.
0: that being said, here's the other one that's more tid than bit. Everybody, I know we did not cover Antonio Brown in this episode. And so this is more – there's a little bit more bit to this one. I just I want to say something about this really quick because uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh, we've 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 ragged on Antonio Brown a lot of this podcast, and starting from him not playing and the final week in his last game as a Steeler to the craziness happening with him and the Raiders to everything in between, and I really wanted to come on this podcast and rant about this and have a scathing review of Antonio Brown. This this and that. But my thoughts I just want to share really quick honestly and ironically reflect that of Tom Brady's. And in his post-game press conference in a totally unexpected reaction and a moment of sympathy, Brady mentioned I really want to challenge everybody that, you know, if he needs help, to help and support him in this moment instead of getting on him. And I really respect that and I really appreciate that. And I just really wanted to say, you know, we're we not doctors here. I, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. But we've talked many, many times in the show how it really seems like Antonio Brown is not okay and refuses to get help. And I just want to say to anybody listening to this that if you're struggling with something and something's getting in your way, be it pride or you know, feeling like you will be less than, than yourself. If you, if you reach out and get help that you get help because, you know, especially people who are in this high profile sort of world, it's hard for them to admit that because everybody's going to jump on you, but whoever you are out there with, or you're struggling with, Take this as an example that if you continue to show up and try to do the th- even the things that you love, even the things that you're great at, Antonio Brown is one of the greatest to ever play the wide receiver position. If you're not your best and you're not taking care of yourself mentally, this stuff is going to happen. You will never be able to be successful. So I just wanted to take the moment and have that reaction to it instead of freaking out and talking about how much I hate Antonio Brown. I I just think it's so important in a great example of somebody who could literally be the greatest ever to do a thing and how them not taking care of themselves has totally and catastrophically destroyed that chance.
1: Yeah, though that's well said. There, we don't have to talk about it now at the end of the episode, but there's a lot more drama, I think, to that that situation than – the craziness that played out in in New York,
0: there is for tonight. sure, there is for sure, and we don't have to. I don't, I don't want to take again. I went on longer than I thought. I you, you know me when I no.
1: I mean that's all. <laughs> that's it's, it's extremely good point. You know, I I did not like Terry Bradshaw's comments about the game or about him after after all that happened. I think just painting mental health in in a, in a negative light. I think everything you said is extremely important and and well worth saying.
0: That being said, folks, don't end the episode on a bad note. It's extremely fun. We're heading into the first ever week 18 of the regular NFL season. Tons of things on the line. Like I said, 252 playoff scenarios, including seedings and people who get in and people who do not. Uh, it should be a blast. We'll be back next week to cover the full slate for the NFL playoffs. And just remember that I did put a $10 parlay on Green Bay Buffalo. So, I'm ready for it. (laughs) Anything else you got, pal?
1: Everybody, if your team has locked up a playoff spot, congratulations. If you are the Saints or the 49ers or the Baltimore Ravens and you're still trying to get there, have some fun this weekend. And if you have been knocked out, Get excited because it's still have fun this week.
0: Get, get excited because it's Josh's favorite season. <laughs> thank you for listening to Simultaneous Catch, folks. Thank you very much. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, even though people don't really follow Facebook anymore. Regardless, thank you much for listening. <laughs>